That's peace These broken pieces Together We're on to episode 12, Fumble Podcast. Uh, I have an amazing uh, guest on for us today. Uh, he, this is the first time we've actually seen each other virtually, albeit, but in a long time. Um, goes back, he's one of my uh, fellow colleagues from UC Davis. Uh, we had a lot of fun back in the day in our gospel choir through music we had a lot of connections through that and um uh, he went on on to higher education and and at uh, usd usd sorry and um and he's uh he here to talk about that that very topic higher education and, and teaching fellow teacher uh like myself and I brought him on today to discuss higher education and and um, the the system and and how all of that can be a challenge as well as overcoming those challenges. Um, and I think one other thing we share is we're both uh, first generations to to get through uh, higher education, uh, beco- becoming college graduates. So I wanted to tap into all of those with him. My guest today is Chris Garcia. How you doing, Chris? Hey, Pej. It's good to be here. Honestly, it's uh, it's been a few years. Um, I can't believe it. I technique. It's been eleven years since. Uh, did you graduate in two thousand ten or two thousand eleven? Yeah, two thousand eleven. So dang, ten years for you, eleven years <laughs> for me. And uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm doing well. Um, it's uh, just glad that uh, we're at the end of this whole uh pandemic that we're uh, like dealing with but uh I, I can see light at the end of the tunnel but other than that these past 10 years have been crazy and uh, i'm excited to dive into it but yeah, yeah. good crazy i hope <laughs> i know yeah, no, I know I... <laughs> yeah there's been challenges of course but um there's uh i know i've been following your your social media and i know you have a podcast now as well uh yeah. uh innovative uh pedagogy which i want to talk about as well um also before i forget i want to mention uh chris is a sixth grade stem teacher and and ed tech professor at the university of san diego uh so that's what you're doing currently um along with that podcast which is great to hear yeah so tell me how you got into your passion for teaching from uh college yeah so yeah what was that how what was that process for you so it's it's interesting because uh, I actually had to put it into words at one of our last gospel choir um, concerts that we had there at Freeborn Hall at Davis. Yeah, if you remember, they, you know how they would put our profiles up there, and we would put like um, we had like a it was like a, a chalkboard, and they would put like uh, those more portable chalkboards, and they would put like our names and like what we're studying and what we want to be. So just kind of like to give the audience like, you know, some connection with the choir members to see like what we're studying. And cause I mean, it was just one of those things where it's like, you just got a bunch of people just to come sing about old spiritual songs from like you know, the <laughs> African-American history, you know? And yeah. 
And, uh, but I remember at that time I, I articulated it well. And uh, some of my friends really just brought up a point and um, it was towards the end of my years there at Davis that I was like, you know what, I want to go into education. You know, I, I majored in sociology, I had a focus in law and society, and I was debating between law school or education. Mm-hmm. I knew at one point I was like, I want to help. I want to help young teens somehow. I want to help them in the judicial system or I want to help them before they even hit the judicial system, which is, and I thought I'm going to do that in education. Um, sixth grade was one of the most challenging years of my life. And seventh grade middle school was just hard because it's, it's those formidable years where you're trying to find, you're not a kid, but you're not even mm. a teenager and you're trying to find your fit. So I was like, you know what? I want to go back. I want to go back. And, uh, at that time, uh, I had just thought, you know what, I'm going to go and, uh, apply to grad school, see what happens from there. And, uh, and, and yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I, I actually went, I went back into teaching because, uh, and I tell this to my students every single day when I get a chance to work with them, which I'll tell you what I do later, but, uh, I went back cause I, I wanted to be that sixth grade teacher that I wish I had. Mm. And I, I wanted to be that middle school teacher that I wish nice. I had. And, uh, yeah. so yeah. And, and it's just funny because I, I had to finally articulate that and put it into words in a little bio there for our gospel choir concert. So. <laughs> well, look at that. It, I mean, full circle. That's 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 great. Um, you were inspired, um, and I want to get into where you were, where you grew up, where you were born, where you were raised, what challenges you faced growing up that led you to choosing this career uh, ultimately. Um, so yeah, where, where were you raised and, or, or born? Yeah, no, actually here locally, uh, here in San Diego. So I was actually born in Coronado. Um, for the most part, actually, I was raised in Chula Vista. Um, thankfully, um, my parents, um, they raised me really well. I mean, I actually come home from a, I come from a pastor's home, which is kind of, you know, no way. I didn't know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah, my dad being a minister and mom actually being a pastor's daughter already. So A lot of that, and that maybe that maybe you can make that connection. Why I had a lot of that, like you know, gospel chord music. You know, <laughs> yes, like, yes. You know. The 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 keyboard. You were the keyboard warrior over there, man, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. so it's um, awesome. So, uh, so, but yeah, I was raising a good home, and uh, and and uh, and but the challenges was, um, I always wanted acceptance, like in elementary school, and especially when fifth and sixth grade started happening, and. Um, and I, and at the time I really was just dealing with a lot of like anger and bitterness and, and, uh, and, and I would get really violent. Honestly, I'd get really, really violent in seventh grade, lo and behold. And I love sharing this story actually with my students at the end of the year. I don't like to get on the details before that, Mm. but I actually got expelled in seventh grade from middle school. Mm. I got suspended five times. And by that last meeting, that altercation, I technically created a school riot. (laughs) <laughs> in oh my god wow. yeah yeah and it was all instigating it was it was i actually ended up fighting one of a good a good friend of mine at the time and uh just rumors and kids just wanting and i'm like you know what i want i want that acceptance i want i'm gonna cave in the social pressure uh-huh. um i want to be the cool kid i want to be the one that finishes on top yep. and this is a this is a 13 year old kid thinking this way and i'm like and uh at the time i'm like man like i i i just gave in and I honestly really hurt the kid like I look back and I'm like man I could have done some severe damage to him and it really convicts me even now just thinking about it and it's almost uh as if uh 
at that time in 2009 and 10 and prior to that just knowing that I wanted to work with young teens and um, juveniles and whatnot and I say that because that was a big term there in sociology or at, when I was there at Davis and uh, yeah. I was like I want to specifically target that and uh, because of that um, uh, it, it just gave me that passion like all right how can I help and and later on my parents actually after I got expelled my parents are like you know what we're not gonna have you like deal with this anymore i'm not gonna put you because we're doing everything we can my parents they did it like they did everything they can and now being an adult and being married i can totally see that and so they put me in a private school they put up a private school and um was a smaller school the teachers there were um very um invested in the students um and uh i i honestly uh, I, I had a big 180 degree turnaround where I went from being like a really mischievous kid to all of a sudden like getting good grades and uh, and uh, behaving well and kind of uh, representing the school and a lot of competitions just with like academics and my character development and everything. So um, at the end of the day, like that's how I was raised. And I always kind of had, I would say a chip on my shoulder, Yeah, you know, and it's like, yeah. okay, like how can I go back? Like, how can I make amends to the kids that I hurt? Uh, but then uh, how can I make a difference? How can I avoid seeing this happen in my city? Mm. How can I avoid seeing this happen with the students that um, kids that are in the same vicinity, same zip code as I am? So how can I do to impact that and avoid from this happening again? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, man. I, I, I'm i thinking about my own journey in, in sixth and seventh grade. And, yeah, you know, I, I, I wasn't born in America, right? So I was born in Iran. And then uh moved to america like with a month left to go in third grade so i don't even count third grade as really a uh grade that i experienced american schooling in but yeah. fourth fourth grade was really my first year in and like you i was a, i was wild i was you know i wasn't really um i was first of all learning the language so that was an added that was an added uh um I guess bump on the road. Like I was trying to figure out, I was trying to go from zero friends to just learning the language of English. And I, I was raised in Maryland, right? So we yeah. moved, we moved from Iran to Pakistan to Maryland. Um, and so, and so growing, trying to get accustomed, not just to the language of English, but to the culture, right? To the yeah. totally different culture. Um, so I can definitely, uh, relate when it comes to getting into fisticuffs and fights and and and, and just um trying to find myself i guess right fifth yeah. sixth seventh grade i think my last fight was in seventh grade like yourself so um <laughs> but but that's um what mike what i want to ask you though is so once you went to this private school did you go into the private school kind of like whatever or you had made up your mind already that you're gonna make changes or did it happen just you know what <laughs> that's funny i went in with that attitude like you know what this like there's a bunch of squares here like i don't <laughs> like this goody two shoes like these yeah. kids here and i'm like yeah. nah so i purposely got bad grades my first quarter there i'm like i'm gonna get bad grades because i know my parents are paying for this oh yeah. and if they see me getting bad grades they're gonna like nah chris we're taking you out mm. But so it, we're in the hopes of going back to public school. Is yeah. That what, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, and, and on top of that, I, I felt like I made a name for myself back, back in public school because I mean, yeah. 
the reality was, was that I was already known for getting in fights and I was already known for like the last day. Like I got a lot of, uh, it was interesting. I got a lot of like phone calls. We weren't texting. So I got friends who would call me after, um, cause I got to spend the last day and I, I would call them during summer break and keep in touch. And like, yeah, Chris, like everyone was talking about the fight, the last day of school and everything. So I knew like, I want to go back. Like I finally, I got to the peak where like, I'm, I'm a tough guy. And like, I, I'm known, I'm respected per se. Yeah. And, I'm, and I could have been in eighth grade at the time, middle school, seventh and eighth. So I would have been one of the quote unquote older kids on campus. And, right. but my, my parents and especially my dad was like, you know what? I see what you're doing. When he got my report card that first quarter in eighth grade, he's like, I see what you're doing here. So uh, you think we're going to take you out, but I'm going to tell you, we're not taking you out. You're huh. going to work hard. And uh, when the grades come back in December, they're all going to be A's. He said, I'm already telling you what your grades are going to be. They're going to be A's. And I'm like, oh, dang it. <laughs> At that point, I was like, all right, fine. Like, I just gave in. Like, I was like, my parents aren't going to fudge. Yeah. I'm not going to give in. And um, I'm like, all right, cool. And I don't know. But then yet there was some like really cool things. Like some of my teachers there, like they really just took an investment, like of, of, of really helping me, talking to me um, and uh, really just, uh, just kind of like getting down to like the deeper issues, like. And that was the nice thing about being in a smaller class. I was in eighth grade with like five other students. Wow. <laughs> that was my eighth yeah, grade yeah, class. Yeah, oh, and, uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like, it's just funny you say that because I, I did try to get out and, uh, but my parents, I mean, they were like, no, like, this is not money wasted. Like, you're going to, you're going to stay here and you're going to change. And I they just, re they read your bluff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I get it, man. Uh, I, my parents didn't take me out of you know into out of public school but they basically said you know you're you're gonna make something we what what changed it for me was the fact that you know they left iran because higher education wasn't even an option for uh people of my religious background so that's oh. you know so like not being muslim right so i wasn't raised muslim i was i wasn't part of muslim faith but in iran that is the umbrella religion that that right governs the whole country and the baha'i religion which is where what i was raised in mm -hmm. anyway um they're persecuted and they're not accepted over there so uh good luck trying to get a higher education as wow. as as a follower of that faith yeah L long story short we end up here my parents um and his my my dad and mom's goal was let's give our, myself and my sister a chance to have a higher education um so that was really one of their main motives to come here. So I started to get to that age, you know, ninth, 10th grade throughout high school. I didn't really get it, but it became, it got to the point where it was like, I was like 17 now. And I'm like, kind of not really caring as I should be yeah, about, yeah. about education after high school. Yeah. And so that's when I'm from Maryland. I, came to California. My parents said, all right, my, my sister was already married at this point. So they shipped me West. They were like, you're going to move in, move over there with her yeah. temporarily. You're going to, we're not supporting you anymore financially. Like it was like re reality check. Right. So, yeah, for sure. and, but it was the best thing that happened to me in hindsight, because it really um, woke me up and, and I had to, to fend for myself essentially, because they specifically, directed my sister and my brother-in-law not to help me and and i'm wow. glad they didn't so it was good i 
they just gave me a place to sleep. That was it. Everything else was on me. And then I eventually figured my stuff out and yeah. Did you do that, the junior college route too? Or yeah, I went through okay. community college and that's actually where I discovered my, like, I always loved music, but then that's where the, uh, it's always funny. It was, I was in a friend's car in Fresno and we were listening to Bohemian Rhapsody and through that entire six and a half minutes is by the end of that six and a half minutes, I knew I was going to be a music major. So it was just, it was like, and I can tell you, honestly, that's where it happened. Yeah. Um, I always loved music. I loved performing. My parents are musicians, but it was like not taken seriously. And there was also other pressure I was putting on myself, like, oh, that's not a real career, this and that. And yeah. And then I realized if I want it that, that badly, I can make a career out of it. Right. Great. So yeah. that's where it happened for me. And then fast forward a year or so later, I was at Davis and that's where we met. But that's so cool. I know. Yeah. So. So back to to you. So now you've um, given in, as you said, and, yeah. and you, you decide to. All right. I'm going to actually try and get the grades that I know I can get. Yeah. Um, so you finish middle school, the private route. What about high school? Do you go back to public? I, I stayed at the same school. Oh, same school. Oh, it, it, it hey, offered all the way through it, senior okay, year. Through 12. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. I stayed there and uh, um, yeah, I stayed there and, and it's, it's interesting because uh, as you're saying, the music thing, I was involved actually in middle school all the way through my freshman year in high school. I was, a, I love baseball and I was playing baseball yeah. and like, I mean, everything about it. I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, you know, like, you know, I'm always posting something about the Padres and stuff. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I got involved actually with a local gospel choir and, uh, I, and, uh, and even some of my classmates were um, African-American and our chapel services there, they would get down. And I'm like, man, this keyboard player, this Hammond organ player and the drummer, I'm like, like, and it was funny because even my, like, it was, the music was even better than at my church, my local church. Okay. And I was like, man, like, I don't even want to go. Like, I was like, I, I'm already cool with chapel here. And seriously, they got down. The music was awesome. Okay. And uh, it really inspired me. I was like, I want to learn. I want to learn how to play keys. So I actually started learning at 17 years old, uh, 16, 17. Yeah, that's great, man. So that actually led me to that. And I will kid you not, like, I mean, to this day, like I'm still learning. And um, like, that's when I was like, I, I, I want to do the music thing. And I wanted to do that. And so, uh, so yeah, I actually ended up doing that. And, um, and, and I'm just going to throw a little tidbit there, but I actually ended up graduating from a public school later on. Uh, in Texas. And the reason why is because my, uh, my dad being a pastor wanted, uh, felt the call to uh, move to Texas uh, where he's originally from and open up a church. Okay. So uh, that was a big culture shock because I ended up going from um, being here in San Diego from uh, and being already like four years at a small private school um, going to Texas and my senior year in high school. Oh man. I know. I know. That's gotta that was, be hard. Yeah. That yeah. was very hard. But here's the thing. We were, I was like, I had seen, I had seen the excitement of my father and also the calling that he had. And, and he felt really convicted. He's like, he's like, in his mind's like, God's telling me to do this. And if yeah. I don't do this, then I'm going to have to answer to him. So we're going to do this. And then like, okay. in my mind, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to support my pops. Uh, my little sister and brother, they went with me. Well, all of us, my mom and 
And uh, I thought like, you know what, like, this is more important. This is important here. And, uh, and I always thought this is an opportunity, honestly, to be the light at a public school again. Like yeah. I'm going back to a public school, completely different. It's in Texas, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, like, and, and, and uh, so, yeah, I ended up graduating from a, a public high school my senior year. Um, there's a few friends I still keep in touch with that I met there. I was, it was a little different. I wasn't, I was confident who I was. I didn't have to try to be the cool kid. Um, and technically, because <laughs> the region of Texas we went to, because we were from California, I guess I was technically already kind of like, I'll leave him alone. He's too cool for us. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. I didn't know. I didn't know that's how they look at us. <laughs> but, yeah. 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 No, seriously. Yeah, if you leave California, sometimes like if you go to the, like the, the, the South or other places, yeah. like, Oh, you're from California. Like, I see with, even if you're conservative or liberal, like, yeah. All of them were all liberal, so it doesn't matter. Oh, cool, cool. Okay. So I'm like, okay, you. cool. Like, just like, whatever floats <laughs> your boat. Like, and I, at that time, I was just like, so I really embraced just kind of a an introverted senior year, and it was just you know it was different, yeah. but I mean it was cool. It was cool at that time, and, uh, and but whatnot. you had found yourself, you would say, right yeah. by that point, yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like I wasn't intimidated by anyone, kids coming in trying to like cause yeah. fights or whatever. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I even, you were even, focused on the studies. I'm assuming at this. Yeah. Point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. at the time, you know, um, I was taking AP courses and okay. other stuff too. So I was like, "Hey, yeah. I gotta focus. I got things I gotta work on and do." So. Well, yeah, good man. Good for you to to. I mean that that maturity that happened, I yeah. guess, as a result of private school, and then going and when you went back to public school, you were almost you were like ready. Yeah. Yeah. How was your, um, how was your faith at that time? Like how strong of a faith did you have during those, uh, formative years trying you know to, what? it was, it was pretty strong. Like I would have to say it was really strong because there was experiences that I was having where I would be praying and I could honestly feel like I could seriously feel like God just like answering prayers. Um, mm -hmm. especially during the time we were in Texas, like my parents were living off like whatever offerings came in at mm -hmm. our church. So in my mind, um, I, and I'm glad you're asking that cause I'm going to share a story now. And then later on, there was actually a challenge that I, I got into when I was um, at UC Davis, when I was in my, one of my sociology classes internally. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, there was times where we didn't have food and uh, there would be someone just knocking on the door from a family member to a church member to someone that we had just met. And it was just crazy. Like, Hey, uh, I don't know why I'm doing this, but, uh, here's a hundred bucks and people would just come and drop off. And like immediately after that, we would go to the grocery store. Um, other times people say, Hey, are you all home? I'm like, yeah, like we're going to drop something off. And, and it would be people like straight up groceries. Like, and I don't, uh -huh. and, and I don't remember my parents calling these people like, Hey, like we don't have anything. We don't, they weren't over here. Like, and we had food, but it wasn't like, it was just like, sometimes it would be quesadillas, you know, Mexican yeah, yeah, tortilla yeah. and cheese. And that's what we're eating, you know? And, yeah. and, uh, and it was like that. And, and at that time, I'm like, man, like, I remember my mom, like, she's just praying. She just, she would always just say that. Let's just pray. Let's just pray. And um, even one time we were driving back from California, cause my mom's from over here and we would come sometimes road trip to visit my grandparents. Mm. My grandfather wasn't doing so well um, with his health at the time. So we would have to make road trips. Um, our tire blew out in New Mexico. And uh, it was one of those stretches in New Mexico where it's like, 
there isn't a rest stop for another 30 miles and it was straight up flat so uh i was like what are we gonna do my dad's like let's just do what we know how to do let's just pray and let's just keep driving and during that whole time we kept driving and my dad like on the side and like nothing happened and then we got finally were able to and we actually made it into a tire shop at a gas station like an all-in-one with 15 minutes to spare and the guy was able to like fix it and like and at the wow. time I was like, how did this happen? Like, how did like, we not swerve? How did this not impact the other tires? Like all the physics and like everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was like, and, and it was just those experiences that, that came about. And I was like, so I would have to say my faith was pretty strong only because I mean, it was just what I was raised with. But at the same time, I was like, I was really experiencing in my mind, like, God, you really are providing for us. Like I'm really praying and, 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 and really just kind of like saying, okay, how are you going to, it was, it's going to be kind of funny, but like, I was like, okay, God, like, let's see if you can prove yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like, let's just really see if you can prove yourself right yeah. now. Like, you know? Yeah. And uh, I had a lot, a lot of those experiences and, uh, and, and yeah. So almost like a confirmation, like those, exa- those moments. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that, even then it's like, that's how we knew and that's how I knew, like we were, we're doing the right thing right now. We're doing the right thing with my parents, you know? um doing what they have to do and and whatnot so so yeah to answer the question man that's uh, to my faith like it grew a lot yeah because of just seeing these kind of things happen you know totally man totally uh well i'm glad you you made it to that tire shop man that's 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 <laughs> yeah. a crazy story i i've had flats too in the middle of nowhere it's not fun no uh, um so you um so you finished high school in texas uh and then uh what what how did you so when you started applying i'm assuming you started applying to to ucs or did you go community college route too uh, okay so there's just a little segue there um i actually um didn't go to school immediately okay i started working i started working at uh, my first job actually out of high school was in office depot and uh it was cool i was a i was a technology uh, computer sales guy and uh which it's I would, actually I loved it because I was like you know what's my first job I get to talk technology I get to see the latest gadgets that come in and whatnot but the thing that convicted me there was um I saw a lot of like fathers working like fathers and family mm-hmm. men mm-hmm. and these guys are talking about their kids um they're struggling sometimes with not, they're not full-time so they're struggling getting at least 32 hours a week and mm-hmm. I'm like man this and for me this is just a job like I'm still living at home yeah. Like, you know, and I'm just, I'm just working, you know, and, yeah. and, and in my mind, I always knew like, I want to go back to school. And, and, and what, during that time, my parents being in Texas for three years from 2002 to 2000, 2005, the summer of 2004, my dad said like, Hey, we're, you know what? I'm gonna let you on the road. I'm going to be here for one more year. We're going to move back to San Diego in 2005. So um, I'm like, okay, sweet. So uh, we moved back to San Diego and, in 2005, that summer, I actually go to my community college um, down the street that my um, a lot of my friends and relatives and then technically the community college I would have went to if I would have stayed in Chula Vista. Uh-huh. I went to Southwestern College and I wanted to apply. And they said, like, all right, like, where did you graduate high school? I'm like, in Texas. I'm like, oh, well, technically you're non-resident. So the $20 uh-huh. a unit is now like $175. And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm like, I don't qualify for scholarship. Like, no, you don't. And I didn't qualify for like EOPS or oh. any government, like board of governor waivers fee or nothing. Cause I wasn't a resident. So I'm like, so I spent the following year just working again. 
Yeah. So I didn't go to school full time until 2006. And uh, I started 2006. And uh, when I was there at Southwestern College, I was just um, taking my classes and whatnot. And I had the hopes and thoughts. I'm like, I'm just going to go to San Diego State. Like everyone goes to San Diego State. I'm going to go there. Um, and uh, my counselor was looking at my transcripts and the classes I had taken. He's like, have you ever considered a UC school? And I'm like, no. He's like, yeah. I think you should. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll consider a UC school. And uh, all of a sudden I'm looking and I find out about Davis. And I'm like, Davis? Like, I know about UCSD. I know about UC Berkeley. Yeah. Uh, UCLA, UC Santa Barbara, UC Riverside. Oh, Davis, like, what is this? Like, <laughs> so uh, I looked Davis up and I'm like, man, it's, it looks pretty cool. And really what caught my attention was the uh, bikes and the double-decker buses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it wasn't anything else. It wasn't like, you know, like, oh, it's number one veterinarian school or anything. I was like, and then on top of that, I was like, all right it'd be kind of cool to like live on my own for a little bit. Cause I had never lived by myself and I'm mm -hmm. here like 23 years old already. Um, and I had never lived alone. I'm like, and on top of that, like kind of far away from San Diego to Davis, yeah. it's like eight hours. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, it's, it's like, but if I really needed to go back home and catch a flight, it's only an hour flight. No big right. deal. Like, right. So, um, so yeah, I actually transferred and, uh, um, I uh, was, uh, had my, even my associate's degree um, was a transfer of studies. Cause I'm like, I want to get out of here. When I got to Davis, that's when I declared sociology and I had the prerequisites for it. But, uh, but yeah, I, uh, the, the junior college route, I would have to say was, uh, it was challenging. I didn't get a chance to utilize it, but it was also one of the biggest blessings because I didn't have to, I did not have to pay a single cent. Yeah. Being a first year college student, being part of EOPS, um, I got all my books paid for all the classes paid for. And I'm like, are you serious? Like I seriously did not have to pay a single cent for my first two years of college. And, uh, wow. And yeah, I mean, that was kind of the, one of the blessings of being a first year college student, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Did you I look at that? Did you look at that as another uh, source of confirmation too? Like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause it's like, like how in the world am I able to do this? You know? And, um, and I will be honest, like I wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. Like, um, in school, like I, I, I honestly, my GPA in high school, like it wasn't the highest. So mm -hmm. I actually had to take a lot of remedial, like math courses. I see. Um, and even in junior college, but one thing I, I, I realized was, Hey, you know what? I'm consistent with turning in all my work. I'm at all the classes. I'm involved with the discussions. Um, and I'm doing all the exams. And at the time, I mean, when you're in a semester long school, like it was great. Like it just worked out. And Thankfully, I, I was able to do the transfer uh, admissions guaranteed. Um, the only challenge I had in um, junior college was a, it was a psychology statistics class because I had to learn how to read stats and create the algorithms for, you know, like having like the, the bell curves and the outliers and whatnot. And, mm -hmm. um, but I'm never going to forget, I actually went and I did tutoring every single day. I would get wow. my homework done. I did tutoring and, um, and it was, and it was free. And I was like, this is, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big advocate. I even told my wife, like, if our kids are going to go, like, if they don't get full rides to um, schools or whatever the case is, junior college is always for me, yeah. that'll always be a great option because at the end of the day, like 
I still graduated Davis, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, man. No, that's, that's great. You, you look at it, you were driven, you know, you looked at that as an opportunity, you know, and, and um, you didn't let that opportunity slip by. And, and that's again, similarities, right. Between yourself and I, I, I yeah. also went through the community college route, as I mentioned earlier. And, um, and within two, two and a half years is where actually I figured out what I wanted to do. I, I majored in all these other fields where, my heart wasn't really in it. Yeah. I just, but I just thought it was going to be like, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a better money maker, whatever. Right. So, yeah. but so, yeah, so that's kind of, we, our journeys to Davis is kind of similar. Um, nice. And right, right around the same age too. And, and um, so that's, that's where you declared as a sociology major, as you said, and then, yeah. um, you finish up Davis. We, uh, you move, do you move back to San Diego? I'm assuming after that. Um, I actually stayed a year. Um, I stayed a year to work for an internship for a uh, college ministry that I got involved in. Okay. High alpha. And, uh, I actually stayed a year because I had to become really close with, and you know, Mark Afshar. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, and I was like, and I was like, and, I was like, and on top of that, I, was, I had only been away for two years. And I was like, man, I like this. I kind of like this independent life, you know, and yeah. like, I don't want to go home right away. San Diego's awesome, but there's still a few things about Northern California that I still want to experience. Mm -hmm. I have a little bit more time now. Um, and uh, we actually became roommates during our intern year because we both did an internship there the, uh, that in 2011. Okay. Uh, or 2010, 11, that school year. when right. Basically when you graduated. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so got a little involved with the gospel choir, but not too much only cause, um, uh, the internship took a lot of extra time and whatnot, but, uh, but yeah, I actually, and I, and I, and I, I was like, you know what, let me just enjoy that extra year. So, but during that year I did apply, I applied, um, to, uh, the university of San Diego and then a point Loma, um, and okay. also Sacramento. I also applied to Sacramento state. I was actually going down my registrations the other day just to look at former emails and um so i applied to those three schools for each one of them for the masters in education mm -hmm. and uh um but i will say that uh i didn't get accepted to uh either one other than usd and the reason why was because um my uc davis gpa was actually um kind of low it was and uh it was because i struggled at davis um mm. that was one of the biggest challenges i had was uh just uh the going from a semester system at a junior college or community college to a quarter system um and then having a lot of lecture based um lecture based uh courses even with teachers you know they would just get up there give their spiel for an hour and uh i'm like trying to like take it in i like i ha and the, all the test material was based off the lecture and i'm like oh Oh my gosh, it, it was a challenge. Yeah, and and, I'm, and yeah. now being a teacher, being a professor now at USD, like I'm like, there are a variety of ways that people learn. Right. And sometimes that's, that probably wasn't the best way I learned. Um, so, um, so yeah. So um, yeah, I, I, I will say also one of the things that happened in Davis that actually drove me a little bit more towards the end of it. Cause I would say my first year being on my own, being by myself, that's when I'm pretty much my grades tanked. And the truth is that I was on academic probation for about a couple quarters my first year. Okay. Uh, but what really got to me was two situations that actually happened. And it kind of falls into kind of the systemic stuff that's been going on was one, I had a TA in one of my classes 
and he told me like, hey, Chris, I hope you, and we were in, I was visiting during his office hours. He said, I hope you don't consider graduate school because you're not that kind of student. I was like, wow. Okay. And for me, I was like, that's like, and I, at the time I'm like, fine, that's, that's what you're thinking. But in my mind, I'm like, I know what my calling is. I know my confidence level. I know the purpose that I've been like, was created for and born for. And I'm like, okay, that you're, you're going to be, sir, a bump on the road. I didn't tell him that, but that's what I'm thinking. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm not over here accepting like, Oh no. Yeah. I suck as a student. I'm like, no, I was like, no, I'm not going to let that happen. Um, and then it happened again with my counselor, my guidance counselor at UC Davis. When she saw my grade, she's like, maybe we should change your major. And I'm like, okay. And then when I asked her, I said, what major do you think we should, what major do you think we should change it to? And her response was, why don't we change it to Chicano studies? And I'm like, Chicano studies. She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. I said, it's funny you say that because, and at that point I, I was ticked when she said that. I was yeah. like, that's so funny you're saying Chicano studies. Like, I understand that history is actually the easiest major on this campus. And if you think that I should make my, change my major to something like easier, more feasible for me, how come you didn't suggest history? And then she totally backed up. I was like, oh, no, no, no. You can change it to whatever you want. I said, so even biosci, like, would you be okay if I change it to bio, like biochem mm -hmm. or biochemistry? Mm -hmm. She's like, yeah, you can change it to that. And I'm like, okay, all right, now, now we're talking. So maybe I should change it to a major. And I said, but you know what? I'm going to keep it at um, sociology. I'm going to keep it. And I'm going to prove you wrong. And I'm going to prove anyone else that's been wrong. Um, and prior to that, I forgot to even mention this part. Prior to her mentioning for me to change a major Chicano studies, she gave me the, the beautiful statistic that only four out of five Hispanics actually graduate from UC Davis. Oh, man. oh <laughs> and in man. my I know. And in my mind, I'm like, why are you sharing me those odds? Like, what's the purpose? Like, you're my guidance counselor. <laughs> Like, I don't yeah. feel very encouraged right now. You don't feel guided. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I will say that it kind of it gave, it, it gave it a nice fire, you know? Well, yeah, it, it, it gave you that extra, like, that chip that you talk about. Put that, a bigger chip even probably at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I will tell you that. Thankfully, I was able to like finish successfully with like good grades there at Davis that actually brought my GPA to a passing degree, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of overrode what happened during my um, academic probation. And uh, the beauty about USD was that they were looking at a cumulative uh, GPA from my junior college and UC Davis. Okay. Sac State wasn't, and neither was Point Loma, you know, not to dog on what, you know, they have their systems and maybe right. Yeah. But um, I, I just felt like, you know what, there's a reason why I'm going to go to USD. And uh, um, I know it's going to cost a lot of money because it's a private school. And it's a, mm. it's a, and uh, but I thought like at that time, like my faith kicked in. I'm like, OK, like God, like if, if you want me to go there, you're going to find a way for me to pay for this and uh, find a way for me to pay it off. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh, but yeah, I don't really share that story of what happened at Davis because I mean, that was. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like the, the, those, those were some of the, the racial tensions that I actually had to deal with. Yeah, when I was there. That's tough, man. Uh, I appreciate you, uh, being willing to share that here. Um, now I'm curious once you did 
bounce back and you you boosted up your GPA at Davis and you graduate, did you ever run into these this guidance counselor again or or how no. was no? No, and I, I sometimes I'm like, I, you know what? I, I wish I could email her. Mm. Um, I did email the TA though. Okay. Um, especially right when I got into grad school because it was like a a year uh, a year after. I said, I hey. Um, I just want to let you know, um, you told me this on this date when I was at your office hours and, uh, but I want to let you know that I actually got into grad school. And, um, so what you actually shared with me actually gave me a fire. Um, I thank you for not believing in me because it allowed me to believe in myself and I'm in grad school and wow. Yeah. He replied a- like apologizing, but then also kind of congratulating, but then yet like, so okay. yeah, well, look, l- listen, you handled that as as professionally as one could and and the way you you thanked him and and you were humble about it that that was um you you were reminding him at the same time that you didn't forget but at the, but you also thanked him for giving you that extra uh fire to to get through everything so yeah good for you man that's that's great so um at usd what was the uh higher education right yeah, and yeah. then how many years was that program that was a two-year program so i started 2011 i graduated and uh or 2011 i graduated in 2013 and uh, uh that one i got my teaching credential for k through eight okay. uh, multiple subject yeah and then i got my um master's in curriculum and instruction so um okay. yeah basically yeah so it was my master's in curriculum and instruction um so masters of education and, uh, and, and, uh, the nice thing about that trip or that, that those years was that again, don't forget, like I'm a big techie going back to office depot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the iPad had come out what 2009. So it was barely like two years old. And, uh, my action research, AKA thesis was utilizing mobile technology to support English language learners. Oh, and, wow. Okay. And, uh, that actually, rose to the occasion where I was able to have my focus in that. And uh, it's funny because I actually have a photo back here, right here, this one. Yeah. This is actually from Kenya. And in 2012, I actually went on a like study abroad for like three weeks to Kenya. No way. That's cool. And it was part of the coursework that they did there. And uh, the the professor there took us um, for three weeks and uh, she gave us all different assignments to work on and different projects. Mm-hmm. And she asked one of us, um, she says, which one of you want to take on the technology project? And that is, she said, showing the teachers that we're taking 10 iPads and we're taking 30 iPod touches. And you need to show the students how to use the iPod touches in the class. And you need to show the teachers how to teach um, or how to use different tools on the iPad to um, support their pedagogy, their instruction. And uh, I was like, I'll do it. Like no one wanted to do it. And I was like, this project was meant for me. And I yeah. was like, so, um, and I was given the challenge of like, so I downloaded all these apps. I programmed 10 iPads, 30 iPod touches. Um, I got to connect with uh, my professor connected me with some of the um, ed tech gurus for the County office of ed here in San Diego. And uh, it was just like the networking that happened, the experience um, and the, uh, the opportunity to even just go to like literally the savannas of Kenya and four hours north of Nairobi here in a little small town called Nanyuki at a private, um, it was a private school. Um, and, uh, and it was okay. It was a, no, it was a nine through 12th grade private school because 
um, Kenya is under the British um, system. And I believe one of the things that happens is you only get free public education from K through eight. And oh, um, okay. And uh, so, but if you want to go to high school education, um, secondary, you need to, um, <laughs> you have to pay for it. Oh, man. So all these students that we were working with are actually on scholarship. So, um, and it was a relationship that USD had with this school. And, uh, and yeah, like I, my, my biggest like takeaway from that was being able to like support the teachers, show them how to use like Google, Google apps for education, show the students how to create at the time, even how to do like voice memos and then upload those for like podcasts in their region or for public service announcements. Um, and then, uh, so, but the, one of the biggest challenges, which I like to talk about was I only had three hours of electricity to work with a day. No way. Yeah, wow. because at the time they didn't have electricity. It was all on power generators, um, and there was no Wi-Fi. So um, some of the apps, I mean, you, unless they had like a direct connection, but there wasn't Wi-Fi. So um, one of the cool concepts that I taught the teachers was, and it was very popular at the time, and we use it a lot now because of distance learning. It's called the flipped classroom. So I sh I showed some of the teachers there um, how to record their lessons on the iPad. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, the the leadership of the students there was just exceptional. Like they wanted to be there to learn because they knew they were on scholarship. They knew that that getting a high school diploma would lead them to higher education themselves, and that would support not only them but their local tribes from all over Kenya. Because in Kenya, there's like a I believe, don't quote me on this. There's around maybe like 48 different tribes. And at that school, they specifically had 43 of those tribes represented. Wow. So a lot of the, and it was, and it's an all girls school too. So that was another thing. It was an all girls mm. school. And so it was, it was just giving them a lot of that social opportunity to like rise to the top, to rise and break that glass ceiling that they had, that had been established not only in Kenya, but in the continent of Africa, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, at, at it was interesting to see like the teachers were just astonished. Like their lives were just freed because some of them had to work different classes. They had to either teach two classes at once or they had to, um, they were also coaches. So they would have sports tournaments. Uh -huh. So if they had a sports tournament, they couldn't stay and teach their chemistry or biology class. Right. So by me showing them how to pre-record their lectures on an iPad, that was revolutionary for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wow. they would leave that for the students and the students would use that and, and get the lecture and the readings and pretty much kind of like teach themselves the concepts. So it was those little things. And this is 2012. You're like, if you think about it, that's almost 10 years. And I mean, at the time that was pretty cutting edge. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah. No, that's, that's heroic almost, man. You, 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 you opened up that whole new portal for them of possibilities. And that's uh, yeah, you're right. That was your calling. Cause it, like you were there at the right time for that. Like they needed a tech guy and you yeah. were, you were the tech guy. Yeah. I mean, you, you had the experience. Um, yeah. So that's awesome, man. Kenya, that's a, uh, that's on my bucket list to go to, to Africa. And you visit. would enjoy it. Um, yeah. One of the biggest highlights is uh, you want to go to uh, you need to do a safari ride and it's a, it's, it's, it's a long day. Cause you get up around five and you get there at six and then you're not done until like 8 PM. Okay um and you only usually get lunch but you can eat snacks and stuff but uh it is one of the most breathtaking experiences ever like it makes the lion king like come to life and like no way That's yeah cool. 
yeah that's yeah. great my cousin was born in Ken uh in kenya if i'm not mistaken i because he's persian half okay. persian half persian half indian but they were pioneering at the time over there and my both of my cousins were born there and then they moved to america but that's um yeah yeah but <clears throat> that's my only connection to Kenya. Other than that, I, I, I definitely want to visit my wife as well. So, um, so you do this amazing, uh, study abroad and then you come back and, and, uh, what point are you from finishing USD and then going on to actual teaching? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm about, a, I have a year left. Um, and then, uh, uh, in 2013, when I'm graduating, I get an opportunity to apply to a brand new school here in Chula Vista at the actual district where I was born and raised. It's kind of like that full circle, wow. like where I was in sixth grade. And uh, um, the funny part is that at the end of the interview, I go into this interview and they ask me like, hey, uh, out of all of our 500 candidates we have at our school, um, what sets you apart from all of them? Is there 500, like 500? Wow. And I was like, and actually what I did was I shared with them what I just shared with you about Kenya. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. Okay. And at the end, the principals are like, I actually, we have not heard that story from anyone here. Um, wow. And, and, and I, within four hours later on, I get a phone call saying like, Hey, congratulations. We'd like to hire you. Um, however, how do you feel about teaching sixth grade? And I was like, I, I like that. I, I think I, I'm going to do that. I think I can handle it. So uh, I end up going and I teach sixth grade there. And uh, it was an affluent area of Chula Vista, a brand new school. It was called Enrique S. Camarena, um, named after the DEA agent um, from 1988, um, uh, which is there's a story behind that. Uh, really powerful. I mean, you can look it up online, but it's a, it's a really powerful story, Enrique S. Camarena. And uh, I end up being there. And uh, But the thing is, I always knew in my heart that I wanted to be eventually go to school administration. Okay. And the reason why was because I always looked at it. That's for me, that's a way of me um, being in a pastor's home. I always thought like, I saw my dad serving the community, serving the members um, and, and being there. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to do that, but I want to do that in a way where I actually can get paid. I see. <laughs> and uh, I felt like a principal is kind of like a, like a, like a pastor. If you really think about it, like oh, yeah. they're serving the community, they're serving families. They have to put on events. Mm -hmm. um, they have to support a staff. Mm -hmm. uh, they have to look at the well-being, social, emotional, and academic well-being, not only of the kids, but even the teachers and the custodians and the cafeteria staff and everyone else. Yeah. And uh, I had gone in with that, with that, with that desire and one of my colleagues is uh, um, had been teaching already at the time for like 20 years. She told me like, hey, you know what, Chris, I'm going to tell you, though, that's awesome that you have that aspiration. But if you don't get any experience teaching at some of the Title I schools, some of those low-income schools, and you go into administration right after this, and they put you at a low-income school, the reality is this is the teachers are not going to respect you because your expectations are going to be from all the affluent well-off okay. schools yeah. and they're not. And, and from there I was like, all right. So I was at that site for two and a half years. And then I um, ended up transferring to a title one school uh, for another two and a half. And I went from having five English language learners at my first site in the East part of Chula Vista to having 29 English language learners. 
and the west side and uh i kid you not though that those two experiences right there were the best experiences ever um i got to see differences within families i went from getting 150 to 200 dollars worth of starbucks cards during teacher appreciation week to getting to like 20 (laughs) and homemade and homemade like gifts yeah 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 and, yeah. Uh, and not, not that i was like oh i want my 100 but it, it was right. just you saw the heart and at the end i was like man and i would say this that as much as like the uh, the 120 extra bucks of starbucks gift cards as much as i appreciate that to see the sacrifice that a lot of these kids did and uh and families just to like appreciate me during teacher appreciation week that yeah. meant the world yeah me to and to and here's the part that really got to me when parent teacher conferences came around to have moms and dads crying because of the growth of their kids saying like, ever since you became their teacher, like they've had a complete change, like at home, like their attitude, they don't talk back anymore. They're respectful. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I, I didn't, I didn't know I was doing that. Like, I didn't know I was having that much of an impact. And I just, that was a part where I was like, man, like, and, um, but then later on, uh, because of all the tech stuff that I like to do, um, I, uh, I got a, uh, I got a, an opportunity to actually become a engineering resource teacher. And, uh, during that time, um, I actually had just finished San Diego state. I actually got my admin credential. Um, so mm. now if I ever want to actually apply to be a principal, I could. Okay. So, uh, but I'm going to, I'm still going to give myself, I'm, this is my eighth year teaching. Uh, I, I want to do it for another seven years. So that way I have 15 and then do 15 years in administration. Oh, I see. I see. So it's kind of like, I do kind of, I have like a, a That's, point. you're organized, man. That I commend <laughs> you for that. That's great. Like you actually have all of this, but, but that, that in itself, that organization is, comes from your vision from origin back when you had, you know, coming into coming out of high school, going into community college and figuring out, you told us in the beginning that, you didn't have the best sixth and seventh grade experience and you wanted to change. You wanted to, to be the change as far as a teacher student relationship. Yeah. And, and you did that. And, and the proof is in what you just mentioned with the parents, you know, like showing, showing that appreciation to you. Um, that connection, you know, that you have along with the organization that you have for this plan, you know, it's all coming to fruition because you, you, you have your mind set on this and you, you know, and, and that what, what I want, what that brings to mind though, is not everybody, not everybody can be that clearly uh, focused on a, on a path, right. Even at our, at our age now, right. Like it's, it's not that easy. Uh, You know, some things, some things come to us as opportunities some vision, some careers become clear, like music for me, teaching uh, in school systems for you, teaching music for me, um, like all of that was, I feel like is we're lucky, honestly, I think yeah. we're lucky that we were able to, to recognize that as, as, oh, this is what I should be doing as, as an adult. Absolutely. How, how, what would you suggest to someone, even your own students, perhaps that are, uh, not sure, you know, at even at their young age, or even when they're older. Um, well, if they came back to you and say, uh, Hey, Mr. Garcia, I still don't know what I want to do 
as and and I'm lost and I don't you know I can't find my passion I can't find my path yeah what would you suggest to someone like that because there are well, a lot of people that like that yeah yeah well it, that actually it's it's interesting you say that because that's exactly what I teach now um, oh wow I, I teach uh all in all I, when I talk to adults I, I tell them I teach strength finders to kids I teach them to sixth graders so my position now is I, I teach over 4,000 sixth graders. I see a different class every day and I teach them how to identify their strengths and, uh, and their passions. And okay. uh, one of my favorite phrases I always tell the students is like, you've always heard, and I've always heard in my life, like, what's wrong with you? Well, today we're going to talk about what's right with you. Okay. Everything that's right. If you're introverted, that means there's great things happening. If you're extroverted, that if you're shy, if you're creative, if you're aggressive, if you like to talk a lot, if you like to be the center of attention, if you're shy, if like, and all yeah. these different attributes. And I'm like, every single one of those things, there's nothing wrong with you. There's actually a strength behind that. Yeah. And I get to talk to them about that. And, uh, and that's what I would tell them. And I would still tell them that. And I still talk to my students about that. Even um, ironically, I have a lot of students that still, that even follow me on Instagram after they leave sixth grade, I give them permission. Like, all right, now it's not weird. You can follow me. You know, like I have nothing to hide on my social media account. Like, yeah. and, and I, and I, I always thought like, let me be that teacher that always like, um, that you can always keep in touch with that. You can always go to for whatever life advice or college advice or whatever the case is. Gotcha. But the, the point is that, um, yeah, I would definitely tell that to students like, like, what are you passionate about? What are the things? And, and, and the reality is this, is that there's a career, there is an opportunity for you to do that. Um, it's going to take hard work. It's yeah. taken hard work for me to get to where it has. I know it's taken hard work for you, you know, mm -hmm. ever mm -hmm. since you came over here in third grade, learning the language and dealing with those things. That's when your work began, you know, right. and the transition, even probably the plane ride, get from, to, from Iran to Maryland, <laughs> like, you know, dealing with that. Yeah. Like that's when a lot of those impactful moments come. And uh, I would definitely tell that to my students now, like, and for anyone, even an adult, I've actually talked to some adults about this. Like, what are you passionate about? What are the things that you like to do? Do you like to problem solve? Do you like to, are you curious? Are, 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 are you imaginative? Are you organized? Um, are, are you a motivator? Like, what are the things that you like to do? And, and that's at the end of the day, like there's, there's a, some way, somehow there's a job that has that criteria of those characteristics of individuals. That's great, man. That's great that um, you're inspiring the younger, the youth of, of, of the San Diego area, but also they're going to go on hopefully to become incredible, uh, incredibly successful in whatever they do in high school, college and beyond. Absolutely. Um, that's great, man. So what, uh, as far as, um, you talked about your, your, uh, marriage. So at what point through all this journey, yeah. did you, did you find your wife? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, my wife and I, we met actually at our church at a local church and, okay. uh, she's actually a musician too. So, <laughs> Hey, there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, we actually met cause she was actually, uh, one of the keyboardists and then, uh, I was a keyboardist and, uh, at the beginning it was really funny cause it was, um, uh, yeah, I needed like coverage and like, we was kind of like, you know, we had a big team enough for people had to, had to cover each other. And yeah, I was like, Hey, I can't make it to the service. Can you play? Like, sure. I could play Cool. And she would ask me for the same favor. And, right. And then it was ironically another, another one of our keyboardists was like, 
she just had texted me she's like you need to ask her out and i'm like really like <laughs> and uh i kid you not so my wife uh, her name is laurel and uh we met in 2016 we got uh, our first date was on uh september 24th and uh i uh yeah september 24th 2016 and then uh we were dating that whole year and we got engaged september 20th of 2017 almost a year to the day yeah yeah and then we got married on september 14th 2018. So, <laughs> look at that man yeah and, I'm, and, I'm, and you're getting points right now for remembering all these days <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well that's it helps you know what helps is that they were all like technically if you would think about it, they're all a week apart yeah know? yeah it's true it's true yeah so you were even you were even organized about that that's cool no <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good, man. Well, congrats on that. That's great. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, and being in this, this sharing the passion for music is even, uh, that's a bonus. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it does help. Cool, man. So any, uh, your podcast. So you you started yeah. this podcast um, recently, as as far as I know, at, at least. But you can tell us um, how long ago you actually delved dove into podcasting and wanting yeah. to podcast how did yes. that all come about so uh it was about 2019 that i started and uh i got a blue microphone that i'm using right now mm -hmm. and uh my wife actually got it for me for our first christmas being married and uh because oh. i had kind of just throw through the idea and the vision like man it'd be cool to kind of start a podcast and whatnot and uh yeah um and what was going on was that i was having these really amazing conversations with uh school administrators, um, local ed tech leaders, uh, even colleagues. And, uh, uh, and prior to that, I actually had even, I had even produced a podcast for one of my former uh, administrators. Um, I wasn't doing like any of the vocals or anything, but I was kind of like the mixing, the mastering and mm -hmm. all that other stuff. And, you know, the fun stuff that we get to do once the session's over recording. And whatnot. <laughs> yeah. The editing process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I was like, you know what? I, I want to go out. I want to talk about things. I want to talk about stuff that's innovative. Um, and it also goes kind of with my job because I work technically with my job. Um, is, the site is called the Innovation Station. Oh, okay. But I also want to talk about good teaching because teaching is very fluid. Um, it's very relational. And, and, and in grad school and education, when you talk about good teaching, um, like pretty much like if you break it down to like the Greek like humanology is like pedagogy yeah you know it's like the study of like just like looking at something that's um just a good practice and uh and at the same time like i want to interview teachers that i see doing great things teachers that have good relationships with their students teachers that are are, are on the cutting edge always in the on the innovative side um, and and even administrators and um, department leaders and whatnot um, and I want to give them a platform to showcase themselves because I'll have a chance to learn um, and even share my experiences. But um, so, yeah, that's what I did. And uh, um, so, yeah, like and, and we've talked about several things and I'm like, I want to cover basis from not only good teaching, but even stuff that is challenging from special ed to English language learners mm. to racism. I mean, because mm. that's that stuff that needs to be addressed. Absolutely. Um, um, and, 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 and inclusivity and. And just, uh, um, so yeah, and I, I want, and I want to be a learner too. So I'm like, 
this is a great opportunity for me to learn about somebody else, give them a platform to have their voice heard, um, and also stay current with the stuff that's happening. I'm, I remember uh, literally on March 13th last year, one of my colleagues and I did a special distance learning, like emergency episode to like help teachers like, hey, you're going to distance learning. Now what? Like, what do you do? Yeah. So we kind of, we actually broke down a plan um, for the teachers. Um, and I, and the funny part is this, is that it's actually the plan that we teach our graduate students at USD and some of the technology courses. So it was oh, like, wow. it, was, it was perfect timing. And um, this past year, I was able to interview another teacher that talked about um, the hiring process during distance learning and during COVID um, and then teaching, going from being in the classroom to being in person, to being in, a, in person with a bunch of plexiglass and masks and yeah. social distancing, you know, and how does that work? How do you function with that? Um, and then also, I actually, I, I actually got interviewed with one of my former professors from junior college that was a communication one, and he's now the vice provost for um, equity and inclusion and diversity um, at the University of Kansas. And it was perfect because I've been in some tough discussions where like I'm with a group of other teachers and we want to address a lot of these um, like racial tensions that are happening and we, we want to address them, but we don't know how to. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, let me, you know what, let me go to an expert. And he actually kind of, he gave amazing advice and created a plan there on the podcast. Like, let's go ahead and like, these are the things that you have to do. And, uh, um, and it's, it's been really, really cool. And, and to hear people's stories, to hear their journeys. Um, and and I, yeah, I just, I thought like, you know what, I want to create a, a podcast where it's innovative and we still talk about education in a way that um, is relevant and hopefully impacting and inspiring the lives of people. That's beautiful, man. <clears throat> Again, shared. <clears throat> I, I, for me, I, I love that you, you focus everything that you're doing, the podcast, what you, your job, your relationships with your students, everything is about uh, opening up our, people's potentials and opening up that, that deeper inclusive inclusivity, as you mentioned, like that we all have something there's all I believe in that we, we all have a reason that we find, find each other. Like, yeah, I feel Absolutely. like you, you, like it's, it's not, it's, it's not a coincidence. I don't believe that like I decided to start a podcast and then one of my friends from college is already doing one. And then you reach out to me saying, Hey, that's cool that you're starting a podcast. And I'm like, wait a minute. And then I look into yours and I see that there's a lot of uh, similarities in um, the motive behind wanting to do the podcast, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're focusing on the school administrators and teachers and for me it's it's kind of more opened up to like just togetherness that was my motive just bringing ah. people together learn but the learning is is huge like learning from like yourself or learning from uh another person that had a completely different experience from me growing up right yeah. like there's so much to be learned and i think that's the point uh, um and and it's great that you're doing what you're doing through your podcast, uh, innovative pedagogy, and and you're able to create these systems for better learning for future generations. Because ultimately, I believe that 
we're all here to make a better future. Yeah. And, and if that's the goal that, and you're, you're, you're doing that through your field and, and that's your passion clearly. And, um, it's just wonderful to see that, you know, um, there's more people that are focused on that and it's becoming more and more with more tension we see on the news and on yeah. the, in yeah. the world, especially in America with the unfortunate events, it's, it's sad and, and it's heartbreaking to see so much racial tension, um, never really went away, unfortunately, but it's just, it seems like it's getting worse and worse. Um, but I also believe that that creates more of a reason to, to bring things like this to right. bring, to bring right. people together because we can't, we can't believe everything we see on TV. We can't believe everything we right. see on social media even. Right. Um, I think if we, if we can uh, social media, you know, in relation to human history is, is so new, right. It's so, yeah. it's so like, it's such a, it hasn't even reached the surface of its potential, let alone its actual potential. Right. Yeah. So like, and, and, you know, human, human error, we are always going to have the mistakes throughout while we're trying to get better and try to, to improve on, on a tool that we've discovered like uh, technology and social media. But I think the biggest thing for me is, is, uh, using this platform and and your platform um, through uh, your podcast and your te your teaching in school, which is more personal level, um, is to to teach that there's good, real good, real purity that can be used um, with technology, with social media, with yeah. even the news. And I've said this before. Um, I I do I am hopeful, and I can. I can visualize and see that the future of, of politics, the future of uh, society, the future of America, the world, um, it is going to be ultimately controlled through technology and, and, and the people because mm -hmm. they're behind all technology are, are, are individuals. Yeah. And, and, and I think we're starting to learn how to use that, um, for the betterment of society, for the betterment of the world. Um, and I think um, just the mere fact that police brutality is getting blasted all over the internet right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like that, they were able to get away with that for years. And yeah. no one had, an, had a, an inkling, right? You would hear through it through months later, through a newspaper maybe, or, or through like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so the mere fact, and I know you already know all this, but I'm just no, saying this good. to the listeners so that um, I can more clearly uh, describe my motive for this podcast is this exact thing is um, when I, I decided to start the fumble podcast because I wanted to uh, help it in any way I could by one bringing togetherness and I've invited all shapes, sizes, and colors. Like it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, it's not awesome. the, yeah. And, and, and um, with every guest that I thought I knew already, I've learned like a book worth of new stuff that I didn't know. 
today being a case in point. Like I learned so much about you that, you know, um, we don't get those opportunities one-on-one that often. Right. So it's like, that's what I love about it is, um, it, it creates like, it makes my heart happy, I guess, uh, to be, to be sounding lame about it, but, uh, I like that. Yeah. It's, it's, um, not to get long winded, which I did, but it's just, um, yeah, it, it reminds me, right. Having these conversation, it, it brings me back to my purpose. Like, Oh, this is really why I've been doing this. Right. 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 And, right. and there's episodes, I'm sure you've had episodes where you were like, not like hundred percent for, right. You go, you you probably feel like, Oh, I got to do this interview today, but then you do it. And then you start to remember, Oh, right. Like you start yeah. to rem- you like just from learning, listening to someone and then this whole uh, racial, like how to teach, racial divides and how we did get around that yeah you had a whole episode that you learned about about that and that's beautiful yeah and and i'd love to hear that episode by the way so (laughs) absolutely yeah and there and it's 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 interesting because even as you host a podcast and do this it can be uncomfortable sometimes too because it's like (laughs) it it can be convicting but then yet it's like okay these are the this is the reason why you're doing it because if you're convicted as a host just imagine anyone else that's anyone that's actually just listening because they see the title of it it's like yeah you already know that's a good thing like they want to change they want they want to learn they want to hear the other side um and especially and i I love this platform because you get you literally have to listen and in in this day and age um it's really hard to do that yeah people want to be like they want to get their opinions out there and yet they don't want to listen to someone else yeah but this kind of platform you have to listen you know And, uh, and yeah, because yeah. usually, I mean, I've, I've been, I've been listening to podcasts for years, right? Yeah, I always had a passion, small passion for it. I actually made it come to reality recently, but I always am. I realize how much I'm learning just from listening to them. So it, it was like, okay, well, let me pay, let me combine that with my own passions, right? Um, which is the arts, the creative arts, um, uh and then I, I was like why just keep it at that why don't i make it even bigger just talk to people of all experiences right i've had um i've had uh religious people on here i've had ex-convicts on here i've had um teachers on here like yourself you know like it's it's uh and that's my i think there with every episode i do i'm seeing Oh, I, there's so many, so much more I can do. Like it, it reminds me, right. That, that, that this is, this is great. And I, I want to continue this. Um, so anything you want to plug before we wrap up our, uh, amazing conversation? Uh, no, I mean, at the end, I'm, I'm just thankful. And I will say this is that as much of a challenge as it was, and I will, um, for higher education with the academics and whatnot, yeah. I would say to anyone that's interested in going to go to college, you're not only just getting a degree. It's not just a paper. Um, it's not throwing money away either. Cause I hear a lot of people saying like, you know what, you're throwing money away. Like, oh, no, yeah. there's ways of, of getting, like getting this paid for uh, just like anything else. There's ways of paying off a house and ways of paying off a car. Like this mm-hmm. is worth it. But one of the beautiful things that I actually, and my wife and I continually talk about that because she went to UCSD and is the friendships and the network that you make when yeah. you go to higher ed. Um, when my time at Davis and my time at USD, the friendships that I have, I mean, 
we have friends that are civil engineers literally because yeah. my roommate one of your best friends yeah um, um and uh, we have friends that are doctors pharmacists counselors politicians uh they work i mean all over the and, and software engineers and it's like these are people that are influential like in society but when it gets down to it we have stories to share we have commonalities we have things that we look back and like man that was such a good time you know like yeah every time i'm on soundcloud and i'm like man i miss hearing Roz and pesh <laughs> like singing a duo you know it's like oh that's cool man you know it's like it's like man those were the good times you know and then when i talk to my wife about these stories i'm like you know not i didn't just get a degree like i got a network i got friends i got people out there that like you know and, and even yesterday like i got a phone call from a friend of mine like him and his wife are moving to france to become missionaries you know and i'm like wow. this is cool you know like and i told my wife like hey you want to go visit some friends in france now like <laughs> yeah like, do it you know it's like and this is the kind of stuff you know i have friends that are teaching english as a second language in in south korea and japan and you know and and it's like and, and, and it's just beautiful to know that your friends that are out there. So I would just say my last plug, because this was a higher education focus would be like, not only are you going to like get quote unquote, a piece of paper, but you're going to create friendships. And if you go to college, get involved, get involved with groups, get involved with clubs, because everyone there is for the same focus. Everyone's there to accomplish the same thing. But you also can't do it alone and you definitely need relationships and you need friends, especially on a college campus, because it's, it could be a scary time from anyone that's between 18 and 25 years old living on your own. It can be scary because there's a lot of pressure, but at the same time, there could be a lot of victories that come out of it, too. 100%, man. I couldn't agree more. And, and you said it. You're not alone in, in, in college and, and you and, and that's what this thing is here, togetherness and and. Uh, Chris and I are a result of of being in college and 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 finding each other and through a, a shared class, but it became way more than that, you know. And, yeah. and other friends, mutual friends that we have. So, hey, that's that's great that um, you you're reminding people of that and people who are, who are stuck right now and not knowing what you want to do. Um, college doesn't hurt, and there are ways to get it paid for. It, it don't let that be the reason, right? It, right. Exactly. exactly so hey chris thank you so much for coming on man i really appreciate it um do check out chris's podcast uh innovative pedagogy um you can find it on instagram and it's all on all podcast platforms i just subscribe to i listen to it on spotify but i subscribe to it on uh on apple uh, podcast too just nice. to, thank to you. help you out a little bit <laughs> <laughs> you're not that you need it but you know <laughs> no, i appreciate <laughs> it no anything anything helps right now so. for sure man hey thanks a lot and uh um i'm looking forward to maybe one day meeting laurel maybe post-covid once things are are back to Absolutely. normal <laughs> yes yeah. you would love and to see, meet, and i need seeing, to meet your wife too man so i know Shayna. yeah definitely i'll let her know and um i'm still in uh sacramento area but one we love visiting the san diego area so when we do i will definitely keep in touch please do would love that <laughs> would love that thank you chris appreciate you coming on man thank you thank you so much all righty as always subscribe like and follow fumble podcast on youtube and your podcast platform of choice thank you again for listening and i'll catch you on the next one
together We'll purify the mind And have a good time I'll showcase your very best 